We had more time to look at the tape, and we'll give you a full evaluation of Kenny Pickett, what actual progress has been made, and his connection with Pat Frymuth, if that's, a, if that's the biggest key for the Steelers offense to get going. That and our Stars and Skulls grades here in the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined today by Alan Saunders. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. As I said before, joined by our man, Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan was on hand in Cincinnati for, 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 the, for the Steelers win. Alan, I talked a bit about it and gave my thoughts just watching the game initially and what I thought I saw from the Steelers offense. I had some time to go over the All-22, look over things, and we've all had kind of you know a full day to digest and go back what we saw about here. And I, I, want, I want to get your thoughts on one – Kenny Pickett and his connection with Pat Frymuth. But two, if if what we're seeing from Kenny Pickett, because the Bengals' defense isn't good, and, and they didn't play particularly great in in this in this past game, um, but would, was what you saw something that you could you think that people should be getting behind, or you think people can actually give have more reason to believe in Kenny Pickett? taking steps forward, or is this another mirage where we've seen slight signs of progress and then, re- you know, regression back to more struggles? Yeah. First of all, I want to apologize. I try to bring the energy on the show and I am battling a cold right now. So I don't know how much I'm going to have. I'm going to give it all I got. I'm going to, hopefully I don't get any skull grades from the audience. Here. <laughs> um, but I think, look, I, you know, Kenny Pickett had a good game. And we've seen Kenny Pickett be good in stretches over the course of his career. Uh, He's had other good games. Um, I'm not sure that we saw him do anything groundbreaking. Like, it's not like he did something that we did not think he was capable of before. Um, Which is why I was always fairly confident that Kenny Pickett would eventually figure it out. Because he was showing us in spurts that he could do it. And that it was just a matter of consistency. Now, I mean, there's still lots wrong with this game when you go back and look at the tape, uh, specifically from Kenny Pickett's standpoint. I mean, lots of missed receivers, a couple missed throws, a couple poor decisions. Like, you can pile on. There's there's a lot of reasons why they only scored 16 points in this game, right? Despite the fact they moved the ball really well. There's a lot that they could have done better, and Kenny Pickett is certainly a part of that. Um, it, it So I'll say this. If you were a person that had – started to lose faith in the possibility of Kenny Pickett becoming that person eventually, uh, then I think you probably saw some things that should give you that hope back. Um, But I personally wasn't one of those people. And so I'm not sure I really saw a different Kenny Pickett that I've been seeing other than a little bit more consistency. Obviously they threw the ball over the middle. Uh, You know, Kenny said mostly that had to do with Cincinnati playing those, those two deep safeties. And look, I mean, I'm sure somewhere on a couch somewhere or maybe on a beach somewhere, Matt Canada was 
shouting to the TV like it's real easy when you have all of Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth, and 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 George Pickens in the lineup at the same time. They play a lot differently, don't they? Uh, as as the Steelers did that for what the second time this season had their their three big passing weapons, and they did. You saw Cincinnati come out right away, put a safety to either side, left the w- middle wide open to Pat Frymuth. Pickett was aggressive. He took what was given to him. I- I'm not sure we unlocked anything or did anything mystical or special. I just feel like it was a good game, and I thought that more of those were coming eventually for Kenny Pickett, and I'm not surprised that we saw one. And see, I'm, I'm with you on this, is that this is why I've been saying this is very much – able to be turned around from some of his bad games because it wasn't like Kenny Pickett was incapable of making the throws that needed to be made in the spots that we look back and say, man, if he does this, it, it's not like he doesn't have the, the arm to make it happen. It's not like we haven't seen him make those reads before. These are things that are within his wheelhouse as a quarterback. And that's where I'm looking at. And I'm saying as far as believing in him to be able to do this, what you're asking him, what the Steelers are asking him to do is not be Patrick Mahomes. And I've said this many times. It's not be Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or carry an entire team on its back. It's make the throws that are in the game and take the reads. I did a whole thread on, on my X account, Twitter account, whatever you call that website now, where <laughs> I went through several different plays of just Kenny Pickett making the smart, the, the smart read, processing the field, and doing that very thing is the very thing that I think We'll, we'll be able to get this to offense back on target. And what you were talking about with Pat Frymuth being there and when him, Deontay Johnson, and George Pickens are on the field, all the respect that defenses have to give to the three of them being there, I think it forces defenses to make tougher decisions in tighter spots, which opens up more opportunities if Kenny Pickett's reading the field. And we saw him take advantage of that when they went cover two, like you said, he, they attacked down the seam. When they started to try to guard Pat Frymuth down the seam, he went underneath. That was his completion to Darnell Washington. Those they are the two deep shots in there. Exactly. Cover one. Like they were right there. I, I, they were right there on the changes. But again, it's like, it's nothing that I haven't seen Kenny Pickett do before. It was just a lot of the good piled in one game. I'm not willing to like say he's a new man on, on one good yeah, afternoon. No, I don't think you were saying that. Yeah. But like, I, it is it, good progress to see the things that I've always known he was capable of come out in that fashion. Yeah, I'm right with you there. And I think another factor factor in here is Pat Fryermuth, and we'll get to him and our great my grades a little bit more. But like Pat Fryermuth, I mean, part of it he needed to get chances to be targeted in the first place to make plays in the passing game. But I don't know about you, Alan. He looks like a much better run blocker when I went back and looked at this game because that was something you and I both pointed out even before he was injured. It was like, man, that run blocking is a hurt piece. He's not getting in the right spots, he's getting pushed around, and then all of a sudden. He's he's getting in the right like since he's been back from injury he's in the right spots he's not bulldozing people he's not destroying people down the line but he's getting he's getting in the right leverage spreading his feet out wide chopping his feet and getting guys out of the way and sealing his guys in the right direction that to me if he's able to do what he did in the past two weeks as far as blocking and you know catching when he when he's throwing the ball it opens up so much more for what this offense can do both on the ground and in the air yeah I thought they did a really nice job of using him um not just in the way he was targeted in the passing game but the way he was lined up he was detached from the formation a lot of the time Mm -hmm. and then when he was a part of the formation a lot of times darnell washington was there too they were playing with two tight ends or even three tight ends sometimes and so if you look at some of those plays like it's it's he's still getting a run blocking assignment but it's a little bit it's it's not as difficult of an assignment they they kind of like i think they did a much better job of like 
fitting the game plan to their personnel in, in a better way than they have in the past. I think that's the one like big difference that I noticed is just that I really like the way they use Pat Firemuth. And, and and it really didn't have anything to do with him catching the passes, like just the way he moved around the formation, the way he, they set him up for run blocking, the way they used the multiple tight ends. We got one pony snap. I want more, but, you know, whatever, I'll take it. Um, but I think there's there's more that they can do formationally like that um, to, to get those guys into better spots. And then, look, there's going to be some games where you're going to play a team that's just going to say, we're not going to let you do that to us with Pat Frymuth, and we're going to put our free safety as a robber right in the middle of that defense, and you're not getting – none, none shall pass. Like, you're not coming right. here. You're going to have to throw that deep ball to George, and that's okay. But I th- like, I think they did a really good job of taking what Cincinnati was given to, giving them over and over again. I, I agree. That's the bottom line. Take what is there. That is all that's being asked of Kenny Pickett. If he does that, this offense has so much more uh, in front of it to, to, be able, to be able to make happen. I want to talk more about this offense and this defense as we get to our stars and skulls grades in the next segment here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Chris Carter, Alan Sauter, stick with us. we got a lot to discuss. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Game Time. Gaming Time is the app that you can download right on your phone and buy tickets for your favorite events and make it not a stressful effort. You can also go to their website, GameTime.co. When you go to Game Time, it's a fast and easy way to buy tickets, not just for your sporting events, but, mu- but music concerts, comedy events, theater events, anything that you think has for tickets, check Game Time because Game Time most likely is going to get you the best deals to get in. They give you killer deals even on last-minute tickets, and they have a best price guarantee that can't be beat. So when you're running late for an event, don't try to look for scalpers on the street to get t- tickets to your event. Go to Game Time. It's an app that you can have right on your phone, and you could book tickets up to the last minute or even up to an hour after your event has started if you need tickets. And when you're getting those tickets, Game Time is going to show you the view from your seats so that you know that you're not getting scammed by a price that you don't like for a, for, for a, a view that you don't want, want to have. And here's the thing. The prices, they're always great on Game Time because you get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, co- hockey, concerts, comedy, theater events, so many different things. And their best price guarantee means that they'll always get you the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less somewhere else, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game to map create an account and use code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off your first purchase or go to their website gametime.co terms and conditions apply create an account and redeem code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter, Alan Saunders, breaking down Steelers right now. Let's get back to focusing on this game at hand. Uh, we did our, we always do our stars and skulls grades where we grade them a little bit different than just simply A pluses and Bs and things like that. We go through our stars and skulls where if you the more stars you get, the better you played. The wor- the more skulls you get, the worse you played. And if you're in the if you get nothing, it means you had a neutral grade. You were just fine in the in the game. So let's start with this. We're going to start with the skulls because there's not too many to hand out. After this game, and they all the all in all, the Steelers played a decent game across the board. But I have a few one skulls to hand out. No two or three skulls this week. And I know some people want that for a certain individual, but we'll explain why that is. So our one skull grades. I got a one skull grade for four players: Jaden Sullivan, Darius Rush, Jalen Warren, Deontay Johnson. Now, 
Shannon Sullivan, sim because he missed that sack and I didn't really see him redeem himself. Darius Rush, there was a play where I thought it was on Levi Wallace uh, on a, on the third down. It was a slant over the middle. It was a bit of a rub route. But I when I look, went back and looked at the All-22, Levi Wallace was, was like clearly talking to Darius Rush. Hey, they're about to rub us. Let's switch off here. And Darius Rush didn't see it and didn't understand what was going on. And after the play, you can see Levi go up to him and be like, hey. That's what I was trying to tell you about. And I felt like that one was on rush. And again, not a bad thing, just a one play thing for him. But Jalen Warren, obviously his fumble costly. He had a couple good runs, but nothing that I thought really substantiated making up for the, the lost turnover here. But the one skull that everyone's going to want about, because I saw some people say, Deontay Johnson better get three skulls for this game, is Deontay Johnson. Now, Alan, Deontay Johnson surely didn't ha had some some low moments in this game. Whether or not you feel about how Mike Tomlin should have challenged the catch in the end zone or the non-catch in the end zone, whatever it is, if he just holds on to that ball in that situation, it's a touchdown, no questions asked. Steelers go up 7-0, and it's a different tone for the entire game. And then, of course, the other moment when Jalen Warren fumbled the very next play and he shows no awareness to at least try to jump on it or even chase af after the balls of it, I felt like those were two knocks. But the reason I'll give him more skulls for those two moments is because he made some really good other good catches that were huge for this game. They don't win this game without him. I might even go back and make this a neutral grade because the deep ball down the sideline was huge and the third down pass over the middle where he plucked it out. It was a low pass. He plucks it with his hands. And it was if they don't get that play, they don't they don't move the ball on that drive. Am I being too harsh on Deontay Johnson? Or am I not being harsh enough? I think you're I think if anything I would be harsher for the lack of attentiveness on the fumble. It's really pretty inexcusable. Like it is. And let me like get in so I mean like uh for first of all Deontay himself said he should have caught the ball in the end zone. I think everyone would agree with that. I'm yeah. not even sure that the Steelers had a, I think it was called incorrectly, but I think it's probably been overstated how good of a chance they had of winning a review just cuz they got the call wrong doesn't mean they want to make it right like they <laughs> overturning those judgment call kind of things okay so like I, i'm not i'm not like up in arms about the lack of challenge but he should have caught the ball and, and he said as much you know and I, he he doesn't need to be blocking on that play either like some I, I saw some people question his effort there like what he's doing there is fine like he's just keeping his corner occupied as long as his corner doesn't go to try to make a play he doesn't have to go to block him like he can just stand there and be like you know, I got you, you got me. Cool, we're over here. Sounds good. And then, but you know, you've got to at least be focused enough on what you're doing inside the game to notice when your running back fumbles and the ball bounces past you and you got linemen running past you. Look, I mean, the Steelers were very fortunate. Connor Hayward made an outstanding yes. play to save a touchdown yeah. that very easily could have been a touchdown and would have been a massive play at that yep. point of the game. And, and, and you know, with due respect to whichever Bengals defensive back scooped that ball up, Deontay Johnson would have ran him down if he was hustling and trying. And mm -hmm. so if Connor Hayward doesn't make that tackle and Deontay Johnson stands there and the Bengals score a touchdown, that's that's seven points I'm putting on my my wide receiver. And I yeah. feel like that's probably two skulls. And uh and and I, I think he can he can make some of it up with a fantastic catch on the crosser. Nice awareness on the deep ball. Like I thought he was fine the rest of the game, but that two play sequence was pretty bad. And and I think really the just lack of clearly not paying attention to the play. Like you can't have it. 
You can't have it, especially in that situation where you're the fastest guy on that side of the field and you're the only one that has a legit chance of running a guy down. Like you, you got to be more in tune with what's going on than that. I feel you. And that's that's where I struggled because I thought about giving him more, but I thought about making him neutral because, man, like that third down catch he had over the middle was, was, was I mean, it was perfect. He snatched it, it was low. a very bad pass, by the way. It was, it, it was a bad throw. Uh, it was the right read, but poorly placed. And if Johnson would have, like, really it, only one or two in that game that I thought right. came out of the hand badly, and it happens, but yeah. That was a great catch. He had a couple. It was a great, he, he, he had a couple. He also had the miscommunication with Pickett on the third down out route. Yes. And I don't. Yes. It's it's impossible for me from my chair to sit here and say who's wrong, but it really looked like Kenny made some kind of signal over to that side of the field, mm-hmm. which tells me I'm pretty sure Pickett wasn't wrong. Like maybe he just missed the signal. And so that's just a true miscommunication. Like, hey, he signaled, but I didn't see it. And so, but also like, Hey, pay attention. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like this is a two-skull game for Deontay Johnson, but I think lots of people have overstated that there's a problem with Deontay Johnson going forward because of this. Like, people like Deontay Johnson's fine. He's an important part of this team. He's uh looked up to in the locker room by the other wide receivers. He like nobody on that team has a problem with Deontay Johnson. I think that's been way oversaid. And that's the thing is, I think if Kenny Pickett continues to progress the way that he has, I think that Deontay Johnson is going to make a lot more plays this season. And I think that that could be a huge part of the team. Let's get into the one-star grades uh, here because there's quite a few one-star guys that I have. And we'll get to the two- and three-star grades in the, in the next in the next segment. But one-star grades, I have across the board, Dan Moore Jr., Mason Cole, Broderick Jones, Darnell Washington, Larry Ogunjobi, Alex Highsmith, DeMonte KZ, Michael Walker, George Pickens, Patrick Peterson, Nick Herbig, Presley Harvin, Joey Porter Jr. Now, I want to focus on the offensive line because I intentionally grouped those guys all together. I thought Dan Moore Jr., Mason Cole, Broderick Jones all did acceptable jobs in the run game. Dan Moore Jr. gave up a sack. Broderick Jones gave up some pressures. Mason Cole wasn't great at all times, but I thought they were all acceptable in the run game and they were part of the Steelers running the ball yet again for the fourth straight time for over 150 yards. Darnell Washington also huge in blocking there had the big block on the touchdown that that was really solid there. Allen we'll get to the other guys because I have the other the, the two guards graded higher and we'll see how much I'll show you just how much higher in the next segment but where do you see the progress of the Steelers offensive line after their performance against the Bengals? I'm not sure like that they were as good as they've been in this game. Like like they're like this is not a very good Cincinnati defense. I feel like that I keep like defaulting to that and like look at the way like some of the talent is like, like Trey Hendrickson's really good. He was my, my the matchup I highlighted for this game. And then I thought Dan Moore needed to have a much better game than he did against Cleveland, or Trey Hendrickson was gonna wreck some things. And um, you know, he did give up a sack. It turned out to be against Miles Murphy, uh the yeah. backup rookie. Um, and Trey Hendrickson got a sack, but it was when the Steelers left Najee Harris with him one on one. You can cross that one off the yeah. list. Don't yeah. don't do that anymore. Um, I think they played better. I think they were acceptable. I thought there were problems with much of what they did. There were not, you know, I thought the run game was productive, but I thought this was a game really where Najee Harris outran the blocking instead of the other way around. So I'm I would probably have a lot of those guys as neutral, maybe. Um okay. 
really nice hustle by Moore and and Cole on the uh, fumble. They mm-hmm. were the first two to get up and really react, and and Dan Moore probably forced uh, the guy into into Connor Hayward. I, I, I'm okay with the star, but I think I'd probably be more neutral on the offensive line. I thought they were they were okay, but considering the defense, I'm not. Like I thought Najee did a lot of like Najee Harris earned all those yards. Like there were not freebies in there. And I, I thought that was one of the reasons why he was a little more productive back because Jalen Warren operates really well in space, but there just wasn't a lot of it. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of it. And I think that that was part of what, by Jalen Warren. Again, it's not a harsh thing against Jalen Warren. Just the fumble just came at a really fumble costly hurts. time. And he wasn't it, great. It was, like I honestly kind of think it might've been in his head a little bit after that. I think so too. Uh, and I will say there were points in the game where I saw him fighting back and I thought that was a, that was a good sign. He wasn't, he was, he wasn't in a shell, but he wasn't himself. Um, other guys here, I gave guys of the defensive front, Larry Ogunjobi, Alex Highsmith. I also thought Michael Walker, he was solid. Like there were a couple plays where I think he was out of position, but for a, for a, a practice squad linebacker to come in, um, he had one tip pass that just happened to fall in the hands of Jamar Chase. But run stuffs, helping out, I thought that he continued to be in a position where that does not kill the Steelers. And that's a that's a boost that you need with all the injuries that they've had at, at linebacker. I thought Cincinnati specifically went at him, too. I thought they were yeah. looking for him. And, and I thought he did a really nice job of stepping up. And they have, you know, some of those guys like um, Trenton Irwin, Yoshi Voss, uh, Tyler Boyd, that can be in those short zones that can really be murder for a linebacker, like to try to deal with. And I thought he was really good in coverage, thought he was solid against the run. Everybody dominated the run. Um, but I, I thought he was really good again. He's he's been such a solid player, and uh, I assume we're going to get to Trenton Thompson later. But man, like what fines for the Steelers for those two guys because they, they've been. So, so good. Um, like the call here with uh, George Pickens, too. I thought he was very good. Um, you know, nothing negative uh, at all. And, and he had the really nice one long catch. Um, Alex Highsmith had a couple of devastating pass rush reps in this game. He yeah. was consistently maybe getting as much pressure as you would normally just because Cincinnati was getting the ball out quickly. But he was he was he was torching some guys and uh nick herbig with his one big sack i think there's still pieces of jake browning at the 15 i mean yard. that was just oh my god he just crushed him on that play um i also gave patrick peterson and joey porter jr one stars patrick peterson had that big third down breakup at the end of the game wasn't out of place any other time also made a big stop on, on, a, on a run uh early in the game joey porter jr <laughs> yeah he got called for for a penalty he got beat on a deep ball um that you know but it was a perfectly thrown ball and catch but otherwise he was not a problem in the in this game and Jamar Chase the the, the Bengals were trying to get him, let him wreck the game they were trying to get Jake Browning to just be able to throw him the ball Joey Porter Jr made made it a lot harder for them to do that uh sure no interceptions but did have a big third down break it was very close to an interception on that play um but I give I I give him a ton of credit for being able to fight through that game and uh, and do a lot of things the right way and also communicating because the Steelers are doing a lot of baiting in their defense. If you looked at, look at the all 22, there's a lot of times where they were lining up in one way and then, and then switching into another thing. And Joey Porter jr. Is make, is making those switches like Cameron Sutton was. And that's, and Cameron Sutton was, and and still is an extremely smart cornerback who can do a lot of things. I'm impressed by that. We got to get to our two and three star grades here on the other side of this break here on the lockdown Steelers podcast. Alan and I will be back in just a minute here. So stick with us. We still got a lot to discuss. 
But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the number one sports book in North America, and you got to get in it right today, especially with the NFL season getting ready for the playoffs and college football getting ready for the conference championship weekend. There's so many ways to win right now on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So right now, new customers can get $150 back in bonus bets by winning any $5 money line bet. So if you have a great feeling on any of those big conference championship games coming up this weekend, just put a $5 bet down. And if that, if you're right, guess what? You get $150 back in bonus bets. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to win with easy to win on spreads, player props, over-unders, and so many more ways to ways to win. But hey, the Steelers play the Cardinals. You feel confident about that? Put a money line bet on, and you can get and you can get your get, get your hundred fifty dollars back in bonus bets by putting money on the Steelers if they beat the the, the Cardinals in Acrisure Stadium this weekend. But how do you get take advantage of all that? Simply go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, you can get you can get all the benefits of betting on the rest of the NFL season with offers you won't want to miss. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get to FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host Chris Carter here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, let's get to the rest of my star of my star grades here. We're going into the two star grades here, and we got four people in the two stars. I'm gonna go. We're, we're gonna start with the guy we talked at the start of the show. It I gave two stars to Kenny Pickett. Not that he did anything spectacular, because he continuously looked like he understood what the defense was doing right. And sure, he didn't throw a touchdown, but the Steelers on third downs that they were actually trying to convert taking away the one third down at the end of the game where they took a knee. They were 50% on third downs this game. And a lot of the times that was on Kenny Pickett making the right decisions and finding the guys in the right spots and making the right throws in this game. He was a big reason why they possessed the football in this game. I, I felt like this, this might've been his most complete performance of the year. Would you say that? Would you agree there? So he's pretty good against the Rams. Um, and pretty good against the Raiders as well. But I think this was a a, a very good performance. It, it didn't have that kind of drive that you would like where you go, you know, kind of the length of the field and score outside of the one, you know, with the turnover. I, I don't know. I think there's there's a lot to like about the performance. I, I, I think two stars is a good grade. I just think there's so much more to want also. Absolutely. From, from the offense. And so I think that two stars is appropriate, especially because of where he's been. Um, and it, it was probably his cleanest game. Let's say that like there were just fewer, like egregious mistakes, big missed passes. Um, you know, it, it was, it was nice and clean, but broke Ben Roethlisberger's record for interceptionless streak. Um, you know, I think he's doing a lot of things. Well, they are going to need more from him if they want to win a playoff game though. Like this is not, a, a gift wrapped uh, performance in that regard. And I think um, it's good to be on this track though. I, I, I think again, is he's on the right track. Other two scars guys I, I gave here, all defensive here. I thought Trenton Thompson was very good in this game, not just for his interception, which is a big part of his two star, two star grade here, but he also helped in the run game. He was getting to the right spots and 
he looked like a guy that the Steelers could rely upon in the in the the the, the, the safety slash intermediary uh, defensive back spots, and that's something that the Steelers absolutely need moving forward. Even if Mike Fitzpatrick comes back this upcoming week, like they expect him to, they uh, Trenton Thompson looked like a chess piece that you could move around the defense and find some answers with. Here, I thought he was really good as well as Keanu Benton and Cam Hayward on the defensive line. What say you about these other two star defenders here on the Steelers? Trent Thompson just reminds me so much of Terrell Edmonds and the things mm. that he's capable of doing physically. Maybe not as refined of a player uh, and, and probably not as like, actually literally no one is as freaky of an at like Terrell Edmonds had like 0.1% body fat or something like that. But um, I, I just think <laughs> in terms of the way that you're able to deploy him on the field, I think he fits that role a little better than Keanu Neal and Demonte KZ when they were trying to put him in there, like Thompson feels like he is that guy. He's got good length. He's strong. He hits hard. I've liked him since the very beginning. Talked to him his first day in Pittsburgh, and and I think he's a smart guy. He he studies hard. He, he's worked really really hard and be a master of this defense. And I think it's showing the fact that they didn't have any miscommunications uh, this week and really. It was just those first two drives of that Cleveland game. And since then, they've been pretty much flawless on, on defense in terms of getting things in and getting things right. I, I really think they have a player in Trenton Thompson. I'm not saying he's going to be a pro bowler, but I think he's a guy that should stay on the roster and, and should continue to have a role going forward. I, I'm, I'm right with you. I think that I know that Keanu Neal uh, was the guy they brought in and not to, to not to diss Keanu Neal, but if Trenton Thompson gives you this kind of stuff, it, there's no need to rush him back when he if he get if he gets off of IR at some at some point this season. Um, but again, Keanu Benton, Cam Hayward, man, I I really like what Benton's doing. And Cam Hayward, I thought was special too in this game, especially against the run. There were plays, and Larry Ogunjobi got one star because I felt like he was good, but he was not as destructive as Cam Hayward and Keanu Benton were. I mean, there were times where Alex Kappa got the jump on Benton, and he was just, no, move him out the way. I'm making the play in, on, on this one. Cam Hayward also liked that on several plays. Uh, Alan, I know that you, know, you and I have been big on DeMarvin Leal. He hasn't been getting a lot of snaps lately. But, man, Keanu Benton is looking very for real in his rookie season to the point where he might be the part of the new era of the Steelers' defensive line that they've wanted to create soon. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, Cam Hayward was – awesome and yeah you can really tell you know i said when he came back he wasn't 100 percent. well look at what he's like when he gets to play with some rest uh yeah. because Steelers offense kept the defense off the field and cam hayward was a, a bear in the middle of that defense just mauling people and blowing up run after run i thought he was awesome his best game of the year by far. I thought Keanu Benton was very solid next to him. feels like those two guys are developing some chemistry also when they play together. Uh, I really like the Steelers' defensive line rotation. If they get Mont Adams back this week, I, I think they'll have like four really good interior guys. And yeah, I'm not sure DeMarvin Leal is a part of that right now. Depends right. on how much they want to play base. I think if they're in more base, then he's more involved. But I think that's one of the better four-man rotations I've had in a while. Like, it's it's looking really good. And and I don't think we've really even seen the tops of the potential for Benton. Like, he still has a long way to go. He's still you know, not even physically mature yet. He's still a young guy. Like, he, he can get better. That's, yeah. that's, that's scary. I agree. It should be it should be scary to a lot of people. Let's talk about what was really scary. Some of the three-star grades here. 
Six guys I gave three stars, three star gate grades to. Najee Harris, I thought was spectacular in this game. Ran hard, like you said, outran the blocks. I mean, that one 20 yard run was ridiculous, uh, where he was just ran into the middle of the pile. Everyone wanted to, you know, and then like everyone just thought it was over. And then he just comes out of it. Uh, I'd be I'd be shocked if he's not an angry run winner for Kyle Brandt, giving the Steelers two back to back angry run winners with Jalen Warren getting it last week. Uh, so spectacular job for Najee Harris. Uh, TJ Watt, seven pressures in this game, two sacks, just doing what TJ Watt does. I felt like he was great in this games, but also, I mean, I put Pat Frymuth here. We talked about him earlier this game, not just the run blocking and the receiving. It was a whole package. Thought he was great. Chris Boswell gets three stars because he played really well. He, he continues to be the man right now. I think he is the best kicker in the NFL um, as Justin Tucker's kind of struggling. Jake Elliott putting himself in that conversation with that kick he made uh, on Sunday or Sunday after Sunday evening. Uh, but uh, right now, Boswell, the only miss he has is the one they forced him to kick against the Jaguars. But uh, when we look at the guards, Daniels and Sayomalu, I thought Sayomalu was was very good in this game and, and really changed it. I think James Daniels might be the most underrated and under un, unsung hero of the offense right now. Allen, whenever I look at the tape, he's kicking someone's butt. He's pulling. He's hitting people. I, I think that James Daniels is a huge part of this offense. The Eagles, or the, the Eagles, the Bengals love this like drop. The Eagles do it too. It's probably what I said drop eight defense where they only mm-hmm. rush three guys. And like when you're drawing this up schematically, you're like, all right, well, we're not really going to pressure the quarterback. These three guys will just go in there and then the other eight will kind of come filter back here. And, and like the Steelers were just mercilessly beating up the three defensive linemen that were rushing on those drop eights. Like, Daniels is pancaking dudes. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not, that's a poor guy has already got like, okay, here, we know you're not going to get to the quarterback. Just kind of stand here and, you know, keep him occupied. Oh, oh man. There's like, they were awesome. Uh, I really thought both guards were good. Now look, the, the Bengals defensive tackles aren't that great, but they're guys that can be pesky if you let them get going and they did not let them get going. And, and I really feel like uh, the Steelers offensive line, while wasn't perfect, I thought these two guys were certainly the best of it. Yeah, I, I felt like, I, again, it wasn't perfect, but those guards, I thought that they were a really great sign. Good stuff for them. Um, so, again, they get they get two, they get three stars. Pat Frymouth gets three stars. Boswell, Watt, and Harris. Big, big week for all those guys. And with that being said, Alan, my last thought here is with the progress that we're seeing, the run game is it's it once is once is can be can be lucky, twice can be coincidence, three and four times. You're building consistency in this run game with the with the growth in the run game, the potential for Kenny Pickett to again just take what's there. And this defense is now a top five defense in points allowed right now in the NFL, uh, with 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 what they were able to deliver this this weekend. I really think that this team is on the verge of being a real AFC contender, not just to make the playoffs, but to be a dangerous team if a playoff team were to face them uh, in in January uh, and maybe even win this division. Would you agree with that that assessment with what you've seen from the Steelers in recent weeks? I'm not sure I'm willing to go that far yet, but I think here's what I'll say, and I said this on on my podcast, there's Afternoon Drive, uh, me and Zachary Smith, uh, every weekday afternoon, and and, uh, Carter comes along with us sometimes too, usually on Wednesdays. Um, I don't, I'm not sure that I feel like the Steelers have a higher ceiling than I did before. I don't think they could go into Kansas City or go into Miami and get a playoff win. I just don't. Um, but like 
I think they have a. I, I am see. I'm feeling better about their chances of getting that far. Okay, whereas like a week or two ago, or maybe even like three or four weeks ago, like I still thought I've never not thought this was a playoff team, but I thought that this very well could be a you know go in and lose a wild card game kind of playoff team, you know, and maybe even not even a competitive wild card game kind of playoff team. I think they can win a wild card game. I think they can get into a game against a better opponent. I, I have a hard time seeing them beating one of those top level offenses until I've seen more from, from this team in more consistency. But I feel better about the idea of them getting to that second weekend of the playoffs right now. I think that's always kind of been where I've seen this team ceiling. And I think I, I, I feel better about their chances of getting there, even if I haven't really moved that line. Yeah. I, I think that there's that my, my whole reasoning here is that I've said forever the jump. I said on the, on like one of the last shows in the preseason, I said, I think the Steelers can be a 12 win football team. And they have now positioned themselves where they're There's seven and four. total that I predicted before the season. Yeah. I think 12 and five. And people thought both of us were crazy, especially with how they came out the gate against the Niners and the Texans. But man, with the teams that are in front of them right now, if they handle their business, if they avoid some major injuries at key positions, the Steelers could be looking at, at week 18 against the Ravens with a chance to win the AFC North with their 12th or 13th win of the season. And, have a have a good shot at getting a really good seed in the AFC playoffs. Maybe even host a playoff game or two if if things were to fl- play out that way. That is why I think the ste- that people should be buying in on the Steelers. But that is a long way off. They got to handle the Cardinals this week Sunday and can't let that game slip through their fingers. And then and then all of a sudden they're wondering what happened. We'll see how they do. Mike, Mike Tomlin talks Tuesday. We'll certainly hear but hear from him probably about Minka Fitzpatrick Allen. Any any articles that people should be looking out for on SteelersNow.com that people should be aware of? Working on a story about Eddie Faulkner, where he came from, why he got into coaching, uh, some people that have known him in his past. Uh, not sure when that's coming out, but probably sometime this week. So a couple more interviews to do. And, um, you know, just trying to figure out how much of this offensive change is real and how much is it just beating up Cincinnati. I think that's the big question going forward. It is a real big question. We'll see what the answers are here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. Also find all of Alan Saunders' work, SteelersNow.com, the Afternoon Drive podcast, and all the great stuff that they do with their team there. Thanks again, Alan. Come on. Thank you for joining us here on the Tuesday edition of the Locked on Steelers podcast. Let, let, let us know what you thought of our stars and skulls grades. If you thought anywhere too high, too low, uh, whatever you thought, or if you even agree. Let us know here in the comment section on YouTube or uh, give us a five-star review with a positive comment on Apple Podcasts to help us out there as well. Again, I'm Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com for there. And find me on the Lockdown Steelers podcast on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Thanks again, everybody. We're back tomorrow with more talk on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. 